You're listening to the Denver Real Estate Investing Podcast, brought to you by RICO, your local guide for all things real estate investing in Colorado. Hey, Colorado, Chris Lopez here and my crew to come talk deals and trends. Normally, we talk trends first, then deals. We decide to spice things up and talk deals first and then go trends. So hopefully you guys can handle the big change. So uh, good morning, Jenny from Southern Colorado. Good morning. Jeff White here from House Hackett in Denver. Yes, sir. Troy with Nova Home Loans and Steve Medina up north. How are you guys all doing? Excellent. Fabulous. Well, all right. So deals first. That was the powwow vote we had earlier today. So Jenny, <clears throat> let's start with your fourplex uh, because last time you were looking at fourplex in Pueblo. And then mm -hmm. that didn't happen. So tell us what you're up to. Yeah. So knock on wood, we have inspection tomorrow. Um, so anything could happen, but it, it looks like it's in really great shape. So I'm, I'm hopeful. But anyways, um, yeah, we, we locked up a fourplex for 660000 in Colorado Springs. Um, rents are just shy of 5000 a month, which is really good. Um, so I was super happy with that. So yeah, I just did the math and it was, um, it was a little bit over a six and a half cap with me self-managing it. Um, so yeah, the interest rate is kind of, you know, a little not pleasant, but, um, you know, I think the rest of our portfolio kind of, uh, you know, buffers that out a little bit, well, averages it out somewhat. So that's kind of how we're looking at it. So I'm, I'm pretty excited about that. And it's going to be part of a, a lazy 1031 exchange. All right. So a lot going on here. What, what's the interest rate and down payment approximately like percent wise? So we're just going to put down 25% um, and it's seven and a half percent for the um, interest rate. And will that cash yeah. flow at 25% down, you self-managing? Yep, $200 a month with uh, an 8% um, maintenance buffer in there. Okay. And yeah, then, so not bad. Yeah. Um, I thought you were getting away from self-managing, though. I know. <laughs> <laughs> Don't do it, Jenny. Pull me back. You couldn't help yourself. Yeah. <laughs> Is it because of the numbers or just because you can do it better than... Yeah. I mean, I, I feel like as much as I grumble about self-managing now that I've taken everything back, um, I kind of have everything like very well greased, I would say. So even, you know, even the multifamilies that we're self-managing, everyone kind of has, you know, the, you know, the process down tenants us, you know, so I think that we all kind of have a good, uh, you know, flow going. So I'm like, all right, this isn't too bad anymore. I'm just going to take on another one. Um, you know, I, I, I couldn't resist. It was, it's pretty good deal. Um, you know, hopefully we can refinance it in a little bit and maybe put some more down, um, after we sell, uh, our, 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 uh, property that we plan on selling, um, in the spring. Yeah. Talk about the lazy 10 one. So we did a podcast a little bit ago with, uh, hall CPA and mm -hmm. this was on the strategy. So you're buying the fourplex first, selling the rental, not doing 10 exchange. And then you're going to do a cost segregation on the fourplex to help offset gains and depreciation or capture. Right. Exactly. Yes. Um, so that is the plan. Um, I'm really crossing my fingers that uh, 
that we get that hundred percent bonus depreciation um, thing that they're they're talking about in Congress. Uh, they're they're considering extending hundred um, percent bonus depreciation for I guess for a few more years to include this year. So that would that would plus things up a bit, but. Um, considering 60%, which is what we're at for 2024, it would still be a pretty, pretty decent deal, um, based on kind of estimations for that. So I think it would offset pretty much most of the gain on that. So you're, you have a pretty, you have a pretty big capital gain from the place you're selling. Oh yeah. Yeah. Okay. Good problem to have, but definitely. So it should be about, about 150 K capital gain, um, on that one. Wow. Wow. Yeah. Good problem to have. And so you think, uh, even at the current 60% bonus depreciation, will that offset all a lot or kind of what percent of the gains do you think it'll offset? It'll, it'll offset maybe like, I think like 70% of it, but I'd have to go back and, you know, double check that, but. Okay. So about two thirds or so. Yeah. And if I have to pay a little bit, you know, at the end, cause that's, that's okay too. Um, if I have to pay a little bit of tax on the gain, it's, uh, you know, a good problem to have, I think. But yeah, I think it should absorb a good chunk of it. And you don't want to do a reverse 1031? You know, honestly, I don't know if it's worth the headache. Yeah. Um, and I know that's kind of a lazy statement, but... I think you did lazy 1031, <laughs> right? <laughs> yeah, exactly. You know, just kind of keep things simple. And then, you know, I know what my basis and yeah. this new property is right off the bat. Don't have to worry about it. So... Yeah. What were the uh, rents? Yeah. Uh, are those market rents over there? Like fifteen hundred bucks per unit, or not? Not actually, it's a little bit less than that. Um, or is it? Uh, do you have some rent, room for rent growth once you stabilize, optimize it a little bit after the tenants' leases come up? I'm very happy with their, you know, a little bit averaged out of I think about thirteen hundred ish. There's one that's particularly low, so I would consider raising that one. You know modestly the other ones i would keep exactly where they're at i think that it's um even above market um so i wouldn't want to rock the boat too much over there sweet oh i was just gonna say one other strategy that we're uh we currently finished up yesterday was uh renovating an existing property that we already owned i've kind of been a, a you know a frequent voice of take what you got and optimize what you've got. Um, so we had a property that was in really good shape, but I called called it a bit of a grandma home. You know, it had very 90s finishings, um, you know, just, it's just very dated. So we gave it a facelift um, and I just finished running all the numbers on it. I have it already rented out uh, for $150 more a month. And uh, we spent $12,000 to do the renovation. So it was about a 15% return on that. So I was pretty, pretty happy with that. So it was the main reason you renovated was just to, was that to get like a increase the rents or just, okay. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Mm -hmm. How long did the turn take you? Is that how many weeks? Uh, Negative because I actually ended up renting it. I I wasn't expecting this, but one of my um, tenants is, related to my contractor and he went over there and said, Hey, I really like this. Can I swap leases? Um, so I said, yeah, sure. Sounds good. So, um, yeah, the contractor finished it yesterday. So we had the lease start yesterday. Wow. So wow. he's going to work on, yeah, turning over the other house to me and that one should be really easy to get rented out as well. So, 
Well, nice Great. job on the tight turnaround time. Did you include yeah. uh, potpourri and wallpaper to match the old decor or is that not included <laughs> for the lease signing? It was not. No. <laughs> <laughs> so talking to fourplexes, Jeff, Troy, you guys have another Denver fourplex, yep. 5% down conventional house sack mm-hmm. in the works, right? Yeah. So still under negotiations. Uh, still going through it, but same story as the one we talked about a couple months ago, um, utilizing that new Fannie Mae rule. Yep. Owner occupied, owner occupied. 5% down. Yeah. Rinse and repeat. And same, actually same area, same rents, same, even the same fourplex right. design. So it's not like, uh, for the underwriting team over right. there, it's probably like the same thing. It's just qualifying the borrower. Correct. Yeah. Exactly. Yep. Um, but yeah, we're still going through it. Plug and, and um, actually it's, a it's has a newer roof and newer windows. So it has a little, little more updates than the other ones. So it has potential for the right. What's investor. the kind of rough price point And yeah, 800,000. Okay. Rents January below your rents uh, down there, twelve hundred bucks each for every unit, one vacant unit for owner occupant to move into. Uh, market rents between fifteen to seventeen hundred, and Section Eight, which is m- one of my favorite strategies uh, for this type of rental, uh, twenty two oh one per unit for two bedrooms. So you get like six hundred bucks per unit extra. Um, potentially uh, times four. So that's where the true value could lie um, on this particular fourplex. Have you, I know on the similar fourplex nearby, I know the Section 8 mm. uh, renewing leases uh, using Section 8 rents was part of the plan. Have any of those turned over yet? One is turned over right now. So that's gotten the, uh, what the housing authority is. Yeah, no, they, already, it's already on, if you go, to, it's in the city, Arvada, which is a suburb of Denver. Uh, on the Arvada Housing Authority webpage, you go into the rent and utility allowance little tab, and it shows exactly 2201 for two bedrooms. And so it's already there. So yeah, they, if they uh, they don't pay it, I'm going to be like, okay, what the hell, guys? <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, no, it's already there. So it's already, they already updated it. Like that's usually it goes from federally the HUD housing urban development released it September 30th, and then trickles down to state and local levels. Yep. And usually, some states and local municipalities update it like literally a month later. So even the prior year, but other ones take till January of the following year, usually. Um, and Arvada was January of this year. So yeah, we'll see what happens, but it's still a great deal. And I'm really excited for the buyer. So Troy, what are rates now like on the 5% down multis? High sixes-ish. Yeah, really? not doing too bad. They, yeah. they with that, was that with a big point buy down or pretty close? No, to- just a modest. Okay. Modest, maybe a half point ish on there. But wow. uh, yeah, it's not too bad. It's definitely workable and slightly better than what we had on the previous. Oh, yeah. Four yeah, unit deal. yeah. So if, if all the numbers click in, he'll be you, slightly ahead. You could move in, Jenny. Yeah, Jenny. <laughs> yeah, I'll, fully occupied. Sorry. Uh, <laughs> uh, bummer, huh? Everyone who knows me knows I'm never moving from my current home. So, Love it. Love it. <laughs> no matter how good of a deal. <laughs> so, five percent down, high sixes. Um, that's really great right now. Yeah. What are the costs on it? Um, nothing more than sure. than traditional closing yeah. costs, really. Yeah. 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 I mean, basic closing costs maybe about thirty five hundred dollars for all the hard cost and soft cost. So maybe ten grand. Mm-hmm. Is what I generally throw in for a number. That's your first year of insurance, your prepaid interest, escrow account setup, all that kind of stuff. But yeah. Those 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 are clean units. Yeah. To buy. Yeah. 
they were very straightforward. Nothing. Crazy. Are you seeing other clients, other agent relationships? Are you seeing more of the market pick up to the five percent down conventional loans? Yes. Yeah. There's definitely been some activity on that, especially with multi-unit. Any other type, uh, like, of like a duplex, this? recently closed, uh, owner occupied, that worked out great. And they five percent down on it. They did five percent down, okay. which they wouldn't have been able to do before because uh, they were requiring fifteen on a conventional owner oc. So that worked out awesome for them. So just closed on that two, three weeks ago. Okay, right, with Lauren. Great. So you're seeing more of the more of that tick up, huh? Oh yeah, for yeah. sure. Yeah, which is what they wanted. And you know, VA and FHA had been doing minimum down owner occupied for quite a while. But the beauty of the conventional is you can use those rental income from those other units, whereas you have to do that, you know, that self sufficiency mm, test with FHA. FHA. So yeah. it's almost a little easier with conventional. Are you seeing less FHA multi-downs and more conventional multi-downs now? Yeah, for sure. Really? And I don't know if it's just mainly from what we've been working on mm. together uh, with that, but in, in in my world, for sure. Because yeah. the PMI drops off in conventional, right? At a certain oh, yeah. Point, and then FHA. Or you can work it. You can, it'll drop off on its own yeah. when it gets to uh, its threshold, but you can also expedite it to be dropped off. Whereas with FHA, you can't do anything other than refinance it off. Hmm. No. So, uh, you know, as before the next deal, highlight here, we got Jenny down south doing a lazy 1031 exchange or a lazy 1031, selling property, buying new place, cost saving, help also a lot of it. Uh, Jeff is seeing a lot of activity potential in bumping rents mm -hmm. and really focusing on, you know, the the market rents or even premium market rents that Section 8 mm -hmm. is is paying. So um, not so much in value add on units, but great in rent. Uh, and increasing value through increasing the rents. And we're seeing more trends in the 5% down conventional as well. So for like, mm -hmm. as the market has shifted, three trends that we're seeing more and more of. Yeah. And then you were talking about, um, you know, talking the FHA and conventional stuff. Another deal I want to talk about is one of our clients, I think she's on her fourth house hack. She fourth was house going hack. to her and her husband going on the fourth house hack. Um, and you, there's a very interesting story on there. How you're able to make it all work? House hacking, little home hacking, little loan hacking. Right. What's the setup on that? Because this is such a nuanced thing. But we have so many people right. only know how to scale from two to three, three to four, four to five. Yeah. So, so the key a lot of times for folks is making sure you're washing off or generating income off of the other units you have. So in her case, in their case, they've got three properties. So we're going to roll into number four. And just making sure we had good offsets for house one, two, and three. So house number three was an owner-occupied primary. So to convert that into an investment property and then qualify for a new FHA loan on house hack number four, which which was really driven by credit score situation that uh, needed to be accommodated. So FHA by far made the best sense. So minimum down, mortgage insurance is static. FHA doesn't care if you have an 800 or a... 580 credit score, you pay the same mortgage insurance. So uh, FHA was the way we had to go, but there's nuances within the FHA guidelines we had to work through. And, and the big one with that is your departure is not more than 100 miles away. You've got to count the full payment on house number three. And so qualifying for house number four isn't going to work. You so if the new house is not more than 100 miles away, you can't count the rental income? On house hack, your departure. Okay. So the key to that is, is she got a lease set up on house number three, moved in with the folks for a period of time, 
Um, so not long-term, but for a period of time, we were able to document that. That's her departure residence. Then we can use the lease on house sack number three to qualify for number four. Yeah. So we had to get everything kind of polished up, ready to go. There's nothing worse than having a client go through those hoops. It's like, up, oh, we can't do the, the, the home purchase on number four, but everything came through. They followed the prescription and doctor's orders and we got there nice. close last week. Congratulations. Yeah, it was awesome. Cool. And this is why, again, to highlight, like when, when people are going, whether you're house hacking or buying your next landlord rental, like talk with the lender sooner rather than later, Big especially time. right now, since we're getting, when we're in tax season. Um, and you know, sometimes you may have to report your income a certain way to have certain thresholds, whatever it is. So if you have a purchase you want to do this year, maybe make talk to the lender now for planning and also for tax planning, uh, because it pays off big time. It does. And yeah. In fact, I'm thinking about another deal that taxes are being worked on, yep. let yet. alone yourself, but another client that yeah. we're working yeah. on and we're analyzing the taxes now to determine what we can do yeah. before they're official. 1099. Right? Yep. Yeah. And this is all just part of the game we like to talk about. And I mean, another reason why, like, you know, you know, whether you work with Troy as a lender or just a local lender, please work with an experienced lender. And our preference is, is local lenders. We see a lot more deals get complete with them than the, the big national guys. Um, so on that note, Troy, uh, we see a couple clients here kind of do that same situation where they have to move out. Mm -hmm. And they'll, a lot of times do with like a family or parent for a month or two. Do you see that? How frequently do you see that on your side, on the lending side? Kind of, it was kind of rare to do it, but the, the borrowers up for it and had the situation that it would accommodate that yeah. uh, ability to do it. Because not everybody's going to have that ability. So, hmm. um, you know, to have a parent lives nearby that has space for them to move into and live there for a period of time. But it worked out great. Yeah. So. Well, good job on that one, the finish line. Mm -hmm. Yep. Thank you. Yeah. yeah. All right, Steve, last deal going up north. I know last time before uh, last podcast, you were just closing on a new build. Yeah, I, I think what we talked about, and, and I think you actually even kind of joked about it in October saying, you know what, the best deals, we were talking about new construction and there are deals coming towards the end of the year. And you got one. And, and it's a phenomenal and, one. And that, and that's where it's that like, was. you know what, I, it's, it's, you know, I guess walking the talk. So, you know, we went, looked, you know, down in an area we wanted to be at. Um, and we were leaving a place that was going to be rented out. Um, and that was the way we purchased it originally. And they had had this um, about $87,000 more during the summer. It was new construction and it was kind of drifting down. And then they were adding in some pretty significant rate buy downs. And so we were able to get it for, um, you know, just under seven and get the rate buy down. But one of the interesting things, one, and I hadn't come across that, and, and I'd actually been working with Troy saying, okay, let's go ahead and get pre-qualified with somebody. And so that's what we talk about. So I was doing that. But they said, well, you know what? We've got our own in-house lender. So I went and said, okay, uh, let's talk to them, see what they can do. And Troy and I talked, and he goes, you know, is there a way you can beat that? We talked about different ways. Well, there wasn't. But what happened was, is I went to the lender and basically um, started getting pre-qualified. And they said, we can't underwrite you. And I said, I don't understand why. He said, well, you purchased too many houses too quickly. And I said, well, each one of them were at least 5% down, 12 months. You know, they sent me some information on what um, red flags were for loan fraud. And it was like, if you're buying a duplex and both of them have full leases, if you're doing, you know, a lot of these things, none of them applied. 
So I called <laughs> Troy and I said, I don't even understand this. I wrote him a letter of explanation, all that stuff. They came back and said, sorry, we can't do that. And I said, well, that's funny because if there's anybody should be worried is the last two that we bought 5% down. I'm going to come in and put 20% down. They're like, yeah, just can't do that. So I was working with Troy at the same time. I said, okay, buddy, I, I'd actually, you know, with new builds, you have to give them a little bit of money and then they want yep. more money for the down. So I gave them 500 bucks and then they gave me back my 500 bucks because they couldn't deliver. So I said, Troy, okay, let's get this going fast. So he hustled. We got it done. And so I think on December 5th, um, we were ready to go, went back to them and said, hey, you know what? I know that, you know, you couldn't underwrite us and that's your guys's false narrative on your situation. But will you still give us this to be able to buy down the rate? And so they gave us all that they were going to do that. So we still bought down the rate to what? 5.75. Yeah. Which I think was a little bit better than what they were even. Yeah. They were trying to get it down to 5.875. So we Mm -hmm. got it down to that. Plus they paid a bulk of the closing cost and we got a good price. And I was like, okay, this is a really good deal. So then we approved the loan. Yeah. And (laughs) well, and and that's where that's that's where it's a little bit nervous, because when you get in these point, when you get in with the new builds, some of these you can put in a thousand to start and then they go for some of the uh, options and it's half would be twelve fifteen. This one was sixty thousand if you don't use their lender. So I didn't want to write a check. A lot of incentive there. I didn't want to write a check until I knew. I mean, he and I were like elbow to elbow on this. Yeah. But but we did it. No pressure. No pressure. Yeah. No pressure. And it ended up happening, I think, by the time we actually signed the contract with the builder to closing was less than three weeks. So I think it was oh, like yeah. December 5th. And I, we, we ended up closing. 20th, we closed first? on the 21st. 21st. Which was the Friday before Christmas, right? Yeah. Or the Thursday before Christmas. Thursday Something before like Christmas. And we just said, okay, great. We got it. And then we moved the next week. So everybody was really happy when they woke up the day after Christmas and there were two trucks and movers sitting outside of the house to move us. But we were able to do it, get it done, and saved over $100,000 on a house that now, if you go back in there, the rate buy-downs are no longer available. Mm-hmm. And so there are some out there you know, that if you keep looking, and that's what we do. I, I was on you know, uh, some places I looked in Fort Collins, and, and there's one that's like 133 off of their list price for a three-bed, three, two-bath, wow. three-car garage, or two-car garage. And so it's, you know, it's out there because these builders have certain things they need to do that you don't always see. But if you're aware and you're able to, to action them, that's the kind of deal. So that's where Troy and I got that done. And it was a bit crazy. It made the holidays a little bit nuts, but $100,000 yeah. worth having a little worth bit of it. a nutty holiday. Oh, yeah. So. And, and being pre-approved made a huge difference because then we could go yeah. quick. Yeah. So yeah, so we were Friday good to go. And so fortunately, Troy, they looked at you know the strength of the balance sheet and income. And so we were able to actually have two um, payments mm-hmm. because we hadn't had, we had not rented out our previous property. And the beautiful thing is, is that we actually were able to have um, that be marketed by our property manager. And so we left for Thailand on the 16th of January and the email came across saying, yeah, they moved in yesterday. Nice. And, and all I just say, great, here, yeah, here's the keys, go get them. So that, that those are the kind of nice wins, that, but it's not, it's not a lucky win. It's a being prepared win. Absolutely. Because had I not said, Troy, let's get this figured out, and then they offered me something they couldn't deliver, then I was able to actually go back and leverage that against them 
And so they were able to give us that. They gave us garage door opener. They were trying to give us washer and dryer. And I'm like, I don't need any more of those. So we got that plus a bunch of little extras and the, the discount off the purchase price. So I go, you know what? That's to me was a great deal. And so we're going to be able to, you know, enjoy that house for years to come. So we'll see. Yeah. And they were happy to move the inventory too by year end. So we're yeah. and it was a great them. deal for them. They, yeah. they got what they wanted. They needed to move yeah. some by the end of the year to get them off their books. Yeah. So congrats on that. And again, yes. I mean, highlighting another strategy that's working is uh, you've been you keep your eyes on new builds, which is a big part of Northern Colorado growth and mm-hmm. investing strategy up there. And when it comes to year end or their fiscal year end or a tranche of having to pay off a certain amount of their loans, like. Yeah. They will wheel and deal to get things done, even though like, hey, that one house, we look at that one house, but they're looking at a 300 house portfolio and they have a different, hey, we just have to offload this to unlock this next whatever. So like they're getting rid of loose ends, yeah, but it's a great deal for somebody coming in and buying it. So, yeah. And the other thing, of course, again, like a lot of times builders have some really good lender incentives. Mm -hmm. Uh, Sometimes they're great. Sometimes they can't deliver. Sometimes they're also not the best deals. Uh, but again, you talk with Troy or another local lender and have the relationship, and uh, a lot of times they can beat them. Sometimes they can't, but no, at least we can validate and we can well, validate the deal too. Yeah. yeah, yeah, we can help sure. make and sure. Yeah, that's a legit deal. You help other clients like, hey, that's actually like a really good thing. Like, you should take them. Like, hundred percent. You're like, hey, I yeah. would love to do the loan for you, but they're giving you a better deal. Yeah, uh, which is yeah, it's built into the price, the yeah. house and stuff, but it makes sense. So. Well, and it's also built into the price of a lot of other houses. So everybody else is contributing to that builder being able to provide that that. discount. Exactly. If you look at it, so uh, interest rates were somewhere around seven at that time. Yeah, upper sixes. Yeah, low sevens. So they paid for the the rate buy down. So we're at five point seven five, which is great. You know, it's it's not still great. It's not. It's 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 still great today. Still great today. Yeah. And, and I didn't have to buy it down. They bought it down. So, and they're Beautiful. not doing it anymore. So if, if it gets down into the low fives or in the high fours, I can refinance at that point mm-hmm. and it'd be worth it again. So, but I'm also getting appreciation that will happen because it's forced because the ones that are out on the market now, they're back up at that rate they were last summer. Yeah. yeah. So they're built in equity and they're not giving that, that, um, rate buy down amount. So I go, that's a hundred grand that feels good to go on. Okay. So when people buy them and they start buying back in at that 770, 780, or, you know, hitting into the eights, then perfect, you know, or perfect for us. Yes. What's your long-term play with it? Do you want to live a couple of years? Well, I mean, this is where the last 36 months, um, it's been a lot going on in my personal life, but in our, in this, we sold one house in Arvada Hmm. and bought six. Wow. I, I think I'm going to take a little time and go back to Thailand <laughs> or go on a few other places too. So Sweet. That's good to do. Just kind of let it, let it ride for a minute. Cool. Cool. Well, let's move on to trends now. Good stuff on the deals. Uh, it feels weird doing those first, but uh, we'll make it through the podcast. <laughs> uh, so some trends on here before I actually get into it. Uh, it is legislative season right now in uh, Colorado. Mm-hmm. So I'm sure a lot of people have seen... Uh, emails flying around for HB 241098. I mean, we sent an email on there. I've seen a lot of other just groups and, you know, other brokerages send it out. Uh, won't go into details on here, but just, uh, you know, last year, I think there were nine laws passed that were very pro-tenant, um, tougher, a lot more requirements for the landlord. So just be aware of this stuff. 
uh, be involved and please go out there and talk to your your uh, representation. Yeah. If you guys need help, the uh, Jenny, we did the podcast with Daniel Muldoon of the Colorado Landlord uh, Legislation Coalition last year. Uh, that is a great group. I'm a member of it. If you guys want up to dates or donate some money, go support them. So moving on to trends here, because that is the global trend for Colorado. Uh, in Denver, I was looking at the stats earlier this week. Um, my punchline for Denver is that uh, the Denver market is staying strong, and a lot of the numbers are basically reverting back to like pre-COVID numbers, like the mm. 2018, 2019 numbers. Um, won't bore you guys with all the stats, but like looking at showing trends. So this is for when a listing's on the market, how many people go look at the property. Um, it is right there about eight listings or eight showings per listing, which is right between the averages of 2018, 2019 uh, timeframe. Uh, so looking at that averages there. The last thing I'll talk on the numbers here for Denver is the price point. Um, both median and the average are up about about four and a half, say 5% for simplistic stuff, uh, year over year. So looking from January 23 to January 24, prices are up about just under 5%. And we're seeing a lot of the other indicators following the same trends, inventory, uh, kind of supporting, hey, typical numbers we expect to see seasonality and really in line with what we saw in like 2018 and 2019 numbers. Jenny, what are you seeing down south? Me and Leah have deemed it early spring. Like this past month has been like very frenzied almost. It's been really interesting. So I know um, a couple of really, yeah, a couple of her deals they've had to uh, go above list again to win it out. You know they're competing with many other buyers. So it's yeah, it's definitely got that spring feel to it. Um, And then looking at the stats, um, interestingly enough. January is reporting pretty much no change in price um, for average or median. So um, for average sales price, it's down a half percent from January of last year. It's up a half a half percent from December. So, you know, kind of no movement there. Same with median sales price. It's up one percent from last year um, and, and, and down one percent from last month. So really kind of no movement there. But the key... Um, you know, stat that I'm looking at is the new listings um, almost doubled. Doubled um, from, from last January month. 23 to this January? No, from December to January. Mm-hmm. Is that Pretty a bigger with, jump than normal? Like it doubling? I don't recall it jumping. I think la- this December was like basically non-existent. Um, so I think that has caused such a huge impact. Um it to the market, it's pretty in line with last January, um, the number of new listings. So I thought that was really interesting. Um, so it just feels like there's a lot, lot happening right now. Yeah. So more inventory uh, and more buyers and more bidding wars. Yes. There's been a lot of bidding wars, um, you know, ourselves included with, with things. So yeah, it's kind of like early spring, I think. Yeah, I mean, that's been, I'd say, similar to what we're seeing yeah, uh, in Denver I'm, as well. I mean, that's what I've yep. been feeling and hearing yeah. as well. Like, Jeff mm-hmm. Troy. Yes. I mean, you're on the lending side. So are you seeing on the phone a lot more having to uh, wheel and deal to help get your client under contract when there's multiple, multiple yeah, buyers there's, now? Yeah, there's definitely been multiple buyer situations. Mm-hmm. Uh, I agree with Jenny 100%. It feels like early spring. 
It started like first, second week of January. So how many, uh, what, what's kind of like a, a recent one with how many, are we talking like three offers, nine offers? What's kind of the range of phrasing, frenziness we're in? Gosh, I, I had a deal in December. I think the listing agent said he had like eight. Yeah. So, you know, it's price point, it's area, it's, you know, how it shows that all that are, uh, is going to come in and be a factor. But yeah, it's, it seems like it's a little more frenzied. Yeah. yeah and for me, uh, same thing, Jenny up here early spring. So on a Anadokley, uh house in Inglewood, which is a small suburb in Denver Metro and basic three bed, two bath house, priced well, pictures are okay. Nothing spectacular about it. I had three offers in like a day. And one person, I haven't seen this in a while, Jenny either is, or Steve is someone waived their whole inspection. I haven't oh, seen dude. that in like two years. Yeah. And that, that's the one that won, won the offer. I was like that. I mean, the house... I mean, I get why they did it, but it's just like, I don't know if I would uh, push that right now. You know, <laughs> push We're not that there again. Yeah. yeah. It's not a great idea to start getting back into that. Yeah. They had three offers. And, and the, how old's the home? It like might be 1942. Seller, yeah. It's yeah. old inventory. Yeah. And it, uh, from the picture, I mean, nice. They updated some parts, but definitely you would, I, I wouldn't suggest that, uh, especially in this market, even in this market, early spring, I still think you should still full inspection and all that. You don't know what you don't know. Yeah. <laughs> and they won that. They did. Uh, systems. We lost out on that one. We put an offer in, uh, even with the two week close, and they took that one. Because, so you're one of the three offers that yeah. lost out. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, yeah, definitely same it too, Jenny. It's uh, early spring too. And if it's priced well, of course, stuff that mm-hmm. sits usually, yeah. um, they price it. Uh, um, that is too aggressive with the pricing, but stuff that's priced well, good pictures, good description, that's legit, then they could get multiple offers. And then the time, when do they list it? Do they list it on a Sunday night or like a Wednesday? Yeah. Yeah, that also impacts it too. What have you seen on the rates, Troy? Because I know, you know, rates dropped uh, in December mm-hmm. uh, and they ticked back up here. So has that changed any demand or mortgage applications with the not really that i'm seeing on on a very micro level okay yeah how much have rates drifted up since the last uh... maybe an eighth or a quarter at the most not okay. a lot it's it's not like it's gone off the deep end i mean we had a little bit of a off week last week but um we see all think it was just volatile or a little higher that fell back yeah there down. was a day i think when the cpi came out didn't help the cause much <laughs> yeah yeah, and I think they, and they went. Yeah, yeah, they didn't anticipate it, and so it obviously uh, caught them off guard. So it kind of uh, made things jump a little bit, and then the, then we had a little bit of a recoil on that. So nothing dramatic. I mean, like I tell clients all the time, all those rates are still available, but the cost for that rate just went up. Yeah, fifteen hundred bucks or two grand, depending upon your loan size. So that's the way to kind of keep it in perspective. What are you seeing up north, Steve? What are some trends you know, that I, caught your eye? I think. I think what Jenny said was kind of interesting because it's it's like the, the kind of early spring, but you know usually you know you see that kind of dip between December and January, and it's you know, one of them's the lowest. But we're seeing right now, you know, pricing's doing fairly okay. I mean, Fort Collins is up, you know, I think seven uh, percent for the median price in January. Some of the others were mm-hmm. offsetting, so it can be that there's smaller numbers. So sometimes you can have certain you know big properties or small properties set that. Um, you know, I guess a little throw that a little bit off. But what isn't uh, what is a nice leading indicator is we're seeing more new listings than last year and the year before. So there's more listings in this January than there was in 23, which makes sense. But then 22 also, and then there's more under uh, I guess more under contract right now than there was last year. So 
to me, that's a good leading indicator that people are starting to get off the sidelines because at some point you have to say the interest rate is what it is. It's the new normal. It's not going to drop right back down. All those people that are saying it is, um, you know, it's not going to happen. So I, I still need to get, you know, you have family formations, you have other things going on. They've got to keep moving. And so they are. So that's why I think we're seeing more listings because people are saying, okay, it's okay to sell. And you're seeing people under contract. And so you're seeing people that are jumping in. Yeah. They're just not enough inventory. So as more people start to do that, then it may, you know, start to help. But we've still got a lot of new construction that is still rolling along in Northern Colorado. So I think people are kind of starting to get back out and saying, okay, you know, we may have got knocked down by interest rates over the last two years, but we're going to dust ourselves off. We got a way to go forward and let's just go do it. And there's creative ways like with Troy. So, I yeah. think people are getting kind of used to the new interest rates now, especially right. we've dropped about a point since what, three or four months ago. Right. Like, oh, it's not as high as it used to be. So even though they're high compared to two years ago yeah. to a few months ago, the perception is just so different. Better. Yeah. yeah. And then like we've talked about before, the cost of waiting. Right. Yep. And we're starting to see the market pick up. The, the prices are going to come up. The negotiations aren't going to be as is favorable to the buyer, right? You're not going to get all the concessions. So it makes sense to roll. Yeah. So, so that's, what's going on. I mean, we're, we just saw another new big 600 unit, um, get approved for, uh, I think it was landmark up, um, you know, right in Fort Collins. So they're going to be planting another 600 units in a high density area. That's got, is it single family or an apartment? Um, I think it's going to be single families. It, it might be a mix. So okay. it, it's it's still preliminary. It just got approved by the Fort Collins, um, uh, I guess, government. So they're they're uh, going to be putting six hundred and five, you know, family units there. So that's mm. that's a nice thing. So it starts to add. So that means there's more inventory to buy, and you know, we'll see how you know quickly that gets snapped up. And you know, that's you know good good indicators that people you know because if builders are feeling confident. And they're putting them in, then you know they're still saying, you know what, it's going to sell because they've got bigger yeah. stakes than any one of us in the city. A lot of data they pull from. Yeah. Are you noticing builders change their mindset a little bit to like uh, build a smaller new builds versus yeah, there's, the there's larger one builder firm. up there? Yeah. That's that's kind of interesting. So they they're trying to hit a price point. So they're doing um, crawl spaces instead of basements, hmm. and so hmm. you can get a better price on something that just has hmm. a crawl space. But so you kind of go in excited, look at the price point, and then you go, oh, it doesn't have a basement. Mm-hmm. And, you know, if you're on the West Coast or sometimes like in the Southeast, you don't have basements. But here, pretty much everything has a basement. It's it's a feature like, oh, you don't have air conditioning. You know, it's like yeah. you come to yeah. expect it. But yep. if I don't know if somebody wants to get into a house and they're OK with a crawl space, but I don't know how many people want to shimmy down a ladder to you know put some of their excess stuff. So. As a kid that grew up in a house with a crawl space and worked for a general contractor for a few years in high school and used to go into crawl spaces called oh, insulation. Did, huh? <laughs> yeah, crawl spaces are not fun. For long <laughs> Is that why you still get claustrophobic in places? Um, <laughs> part, of, part of that would though, the good lesson I learned there, because I was I was a cheap summer labor, you know, 10 bucks an hour back then. Uh, and they was this was a, they would do additions onto like single family homes, you know, add the master bed or add a you know new wing to the house. Um and I quickly learned that like i do not want it, it reinforced my plan to go to college yeah uh, <laughs> doing, this is not the career i want thing. like this is yeah. it's good for now but this is tough that's uh, right i had one of those where it was a wet and dry 600 mm-hmm. sanding horse trailers that said yep you're gonna go to college so 
But anytime I see yes. installation, I just I do get automatically like itchy. It's like Pavlov's dog. <laughs> <laughs> like, right. itchy. Um, he just sees a picture of it. And he right. Yeah. Scratching. Well, yeah. <laughs> uh, kind of make me up. I, I want to throw one question out here because this was something I was talking about. I just come up in like in a few different conversations in different circles of mine, like investors and some just like you know like uh, friends and neighborhood type thing. Uh, and it's like what's going on in like uh, you know the downtowns. I'm curious to like kind of like the, the Springs downtown and the Denver like. I see a lot of articles in Denver, obviously, like, you know, uh, commercial and office leasing is getting hammered up here. Um, is Colorado Springs getting hammered that much, Jenny, like Denver downtown is, or do you know? We don't have, like, skyscrapers yeah. like you guys do. Um, I mean, there are quite a few cranes downtown um, that are for apartment buildings. So I'm very curious how that's going to turn out, because I know the, you know, the luxury apartments that are downtown right now, I, I think they're priced very high. So I'm really curious to see kind of how that plays out, um, if they're going to have to lower their pricing, um, you know, to kind of meet demand. So, yeah, we, we, we shall see. But, uh, yeah, I, I'm curious how it'll, how it'll end up shaking out. You guys got any, like, thoughts or feelings on, like, one of the things that came up with the conversation was just... Um... You know, you look at places like San Francisco and they're just, I think they're in that doom loop that they're talking about. Just, you know, properties are being foreclosed on, tax bases leaving, people are moving, like they have their issues. Um, That's for a couple of reasons, I think. So, you know, I mean, I've just, I I went to Portland in September because I used to love going there and it's not the same. So in 2020, they they did some things that San Francisco, they're they're not able, and, and it's not a judgment, but they've got so much homeless and so much drug use that people are leaving the downtowns. And that's that's before COVID hit and people didn't want to work. So you have two big factors that yeah. are going on. And so they're actually revisiting that in Portland right now to say what they did is they decriminalized um, drugs, but they didn't decriminalize taking them in public. So people were shipping, you know, people that had problems to that. And, and it's, it's terrible. I mean, it's, I, I, I was on crutches with my foot and I had people that growled at me. I'm like, well, I may have to use this not to walk, but to, you know, defend myself. So, mm-hmm. um, but I, I think there's some <laughs> things that are happening that, that are impacting them yeah. additional to what this. Oh, I agree is. there. Yeah. Um, you know, I, uh, my daughter just, we just moved her from an apartment that's over on the other side of, um, Coors Field. And, that apartment, she got a notice. Um, she was splitting it with another roommate that they had individual leases in the place that they went bankrupt. And so they weren't going to be uh, supplying the security and the um, the gym and all those cool features. So mm-hmm. she was able to get out of it. And get so them going place. bankrupt, like did that void the lease? It, yeah. So they mm. they let everybody out. And was this like a, a a new build type apartment? Yeah, building? it's okay. I, I you know I could show you right where it's at. It's it's right in that little pocket that's on the other side of um kind of between the tracks on twentieth. Uh-huh. And so it's it's right there. And so she got out of it. Actually, got a better deal on one in Rhino yes. that is a one bedroom, you know, one bath unit that she's got all to herself. So her rent went down. Her rent went down. Nice. And was that got, through rent or just a giant concession? No, no, it wasn't even with the concession. So, wow. so that, so that's, you know, kind of what's happening right here in the apartment space. So, yeah. you know, you know, I don't know exactly what situation happened with them, but you know, one can assume that, you know, something happened. They couldn't meet their obligations. They had to give it back. They had to drop it. And so somebody will come in and get that for a deal. So, 
I can give you the address if Terrence wants to <laughs> go and talk to him. So. I mean, how many? I mean, that's probably like one of like the, the big that's class A, big a buildings. That's a yeah. Big, yeah. That's wow. Big, yeah. So I, I was yeah, like, Steve, Steve, I'm just curious. You probably don't know, but do you know what they're going to do with like the rest of the tenants that are in there? Or is everyone just leaving? People are bailing out. You know, when, yeah, when I first, they're not getting what they asked for. I think when we helped her get in there, God, it was last summer. Um, you know, it was, it, it was dog eat dog to get a parking spot in there and it was a wait list. And now it's like park wherever you like. So it's, it's hollowing wow. out They're They're mm-hmm. get, now they're leaving concessions to just try and keep people in. They're dropping it two, three, $400 a month just to keep somebody in there. Yeah. And, and for me, it was a little bit as a dad, I'm like, I, when they said we're getting rid of our, secu- we're dropping the security. Yeah. That, that immediately was my first red flag. I'm like, everything else, I, I'm not, you yeah. get rid of the gym, the little stuff like that. Security and my daughter is my primary thing. So, um, and I think there's probably a lot of other people too that goes, you know what, I, I, I don't feel comfortable in there. And so, yeah. Um, but yeah, so I, I, you know, so it was nice. I actually went and had lunch with her yesterday and it's like, she's in a great little spot right there on that little industry you know, where Broadway becomes Brighton. So, yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. But that's going to happen a lot more over time. And we're going to see that and there's going to be opportunities for some of those big ones to get bought up. So we'll see. Yeah. I'm excited to see uh apartment to, oh, sorry, office to apartment conversions. Yeah. So Denver is like a top 10 city that actually is doing it. San Francisco's not, which is really surprising to me, all the empty apartment uh, offices over there. But I want to see the business opportunity for the right uh, developers, investors that pursue that. Because I imagine how offices are, all these empty office spaces, just wasted space. But because you have so much way more remote workers now, how you can convert those to apartments, if that's feasible. Like, do you need tax credits? Do you need like some type of help with the city. I, I've had a few people who, you know, try to do over the years, yeah. a couple of new projects, but overall it's like very few can actually be converted. Yeah. I've heard a difference between like less than about 10 to 15% yeah. can be converted just because of the way they're built. Yeah. That's, that's mm-hmm. what I've heard. Yeah. So it's costly. The construction of the building has a lot to do with whether or not it can be converted. Certain kinds can't because it has to have the right setup to be able to be converted. Mm-hmm. If it isn't, then you're going to spend money hand over fist. Yeah. Someone said you would spend more money to convert it versus just knock it down and build new. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Do you know any active projects going on for that? Uh, Not directly. I just saw an article like Denver is one of the more, uh, out of like the top 50 metropolitan areas. Denver is a top 10 one. Yeah. Which is, Hmm. I was like, oh, I didn't know that. Cause I always think of Denver as more bottom of the list for stuff like creative like that. Cause I think of like ADUs and how Denver makes it so hard um, for something like that. But being, more proponent for it. I'm like, oh, wow, that's actually surprising. Denver's trying to, or at least in the works, you know, so we'll see if that actually happens Yeah, because you're right. Like the office buildings aren't designed to switch to residential use that easily without a huge cost. So right. it should be interesting to watch. Mm-hmm. Great. Well, another great podcast, guys. I like doing the deals first and trends. So uh, we'll see what we do next month, but uh, great job, Jeff, Troy, Steve, Jetty, as always, thank you for coming out. Going out there watching and listening, want to come uh, review a deal, uh, figure out your strategy, buy your next property, reach out to us. We're here to uh, give you value, give you our two cents, and hopefully uh, help you go out there and do your next deal. So thank you, everyone. Thanks. Cool. Thanks. Thanks. Bye bye. See you. Bye.